There are two Greek words in Matthew 24 I want to bring to light today in Bible Prophecy Radio. This is Albert Hardy. I want to show you some things that might just open your eyes, and it could scare you. So let me just warn you ahead of time. If you're frightful and scared of things, you may not want to listen to this particular podcast because I'm going to tell it to you straight. What's the next few years going to look like? According to the Bible, not according to me. I didn't write these words. I didn't have them printed in your Bible, but it's in your Bible as well as mine. I'm just going to point to them and try to explain their meaning a little bit. In Matthew 24, starting at verse 7, Nation will go to war against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. The word for kingdom can also be government. And the word for nation is ethos. It could be racial, ethnicity. So there's more to it than just nations. There's all kinds of trouble predicted here. He goes on to say there will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. This word for earthquakes is seismos, seismic activity, shaking. It means a great shaking. And that could be because of nuclear war. But all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Let me just explain something to you. Did you know, for example, that the atomic bomb is what power it takes to set off a hydrogen bomb? Let me say that in a different way. A hydrogen bomb makes ignition with a atomic blast. I'll just read this from Google.com. A 13.6 megaton hydrogen bomb explosion, codenamed Bravo, vaporized two islands, half of a third one, and millions of tons of sand and coral and sea and plant life. This left behind a crater with a diameter of around 6,000 feet, over a mile, by the way, and a depth of around 240 feet. Whoa. By the way, this was um, recorded in the Guinness Book of World Records in 1954. How much more today would a hydrogen bomb do? How much more damage? At this point in Matthew 24, which would be the end of verse 8, you would think it would be the perfect place to put the following. This is verse 31. And he will send out his angels with a mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of earth and heaven, unquote. But no, why did it drop all the way down to verse 31? 
you find the same matching scenario in Mark 13 and Luke 21, and also in the book of Revelation. How is it possible that all four gospel writers actually flubbed up the order? Did they all lose their notes? Did they all get blown about by the wind and rearranged? No, but it's wishful thinking and it's pure fiction. Now, I talked to the writer of the Left Behind series about this, and I asked him directly, did all this come from fiction or from the Bible? He said fiction. And we don't want to believe it's fiction. We want to believe that as if it were real or true. But no, this rapture, this idea of getting gathered from all over the world, from the farthest ends of heaven and earth, this doesn't happen until after some major trouble. That's what I want to talk about today on this podcast. There is one scripture in Matthew 24, one verse. If you're a student of prophecy and you do not understand this verse, you should look into it. Ask your pastor what he thinks it is, and guess what? You'll get a different answer from every pastor. They don't know what this means. But the Bible has the answer to it. What is that scripture? It is verse 29. But there's a lot of things that happen before verse 29 hits. For example, in verse 9, you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. I'm not trying to scare you or anybody. I want to prepare you for persecutions and things that are going to happen in the world. You need to know this information and trust what Jesus says as the truth, because it is the truth. Verse 9, you will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. Verse 10, and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Now, would you think it would be easier to uh, endure to the end if you were prepared or weren't prepared? No, it would be if you were prepared, if you knew what was coming and could prepare for it, which is the time slot you're in right now, and I am too. This is the time to prepare. Do you know that we only have 20, that's two zero days left of our resources of diesel fuel? What operates on diesel fuel? the trucks that deliver our food to our food stores, the goods that come on a train. That's all powered by diesel generators that generate electricity. The electricity is the only force known to man that has the oomph to carry the weight and make it move. There are motors at every wheel. So we've got to think this through. What happens when the diesel fuel runs out? Well, the government of the United States will try to find other sources. But 
President Biden has already gone to Saudi Arabia with hat in hand to try to get them to sell us more oil. And they said no. Now what do we do? Go to Venezuela, maybe? Well, I don't think we'll be going to Iran or Russia anytime soon. We may be forced to make it ourselves out of the resources we already have here in the United States, like President Trump had been doing. So let's continue. Sin will be rampant everywhere. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. So that's the key. You have to be able to endure to the end. That's what I'm trying to encourage you to get ready for trouble. So if there's no diesel, that means there won't be anything in the stores for you to buy. And that would close their doors. So you may as well get used to growing things yourself. And if you are not in a position to do that, grow something somewhere or uh, connect with people who do. Verse 14, And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. So let's just explore that just for a second. What does that mean? The government... The government of God is what he's talking about here. The kingdom of God. The good news that we have a king in Jesus. And that he will come and take the reins of leadership over every government. And his government and peace shall never end. You can look at Luke chapter 2 for that. And also Daniel It's everywhere in Scripture. For example, it can be found in Psalm 72, 11, Daniel chapter 7, verse 14 and 27. Of course, Matthew 24, 14, where we were just a second ago. Luke 1, chapter 30, or Luke 1, 33. Um, Revelation 11, 15. Psalm twenty-two, twenty-seven, Isaiah 9, 7. There are like 30 different places in the Bible that talk about his kingdom never ending and that he would take over every government and that all nations will serve and obey Jesus. I think that's a stunning statement. We should all rejoice It is good news. We have Jesus as our coming king. He's alive. He's just not here. We've got to be aware of that. The day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about, the sacrilegious object that causes desecration, standing in the holy place. Now, what holy place are we talking about? The temple on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem? Yes, but what else is there? There's a holy place there, the Alaska Mosque. Is it that holy place? Well, I don't know. Then let those in Judea 
flee to the hills. A person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. There's no time for that. Run, in other words. That's the way I would interpret that. A person out in the field must not even return to get a coat. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. I don't think we're quite there yet, but it's coming. Verse 20, And pray that your flight will not be in the winter or on the Sabbath, for there will be greater anguish than at any time since the world began, and it will never be so great again. And get this, verse 21 and 22, in fact, verse 22, unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive. You know, we don't ever hear that from the pulpit, and we probably never will. People don't want to preach about prophecy. They're afraid they're going to lose their audience, and that's understandable. He goes on to say, but it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. That's what you and I want to be, one of God's chosen ones. Jesus is the one doing the choosing. It's not your choice to make. It's God's choice to call you. It's your choice to say yes or no. And I know some who have said no. They don't want it. They don't care about it. They don't even want to know about it. And that's pathetic and pitiful. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I've warned you about it ahead of time. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to warn you about some things that aren't really being talked about. For if someone tells you, look, the Messiah is out there in the desert, don't bother to go and look. Or, look, he's hiding in here. Don't believe it. For as the lightning that flashes in the east and shines to the west, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. Hold uh, hold on just a minute. How's that going to happen? In order for lightning to show up in broad daylight, it would have to be a spectacular event, that's for sure. But that's not what he's talking about. It shines from the east all the way to the west. It's going to be black, totally black outside, in order for him to show up like that when he does return. Can we get that? I hope so. Verse 28, Just as the gathering of vultures shows there is a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate the end is near. Now let's remember that Jesus said in John chapter 9 and verse 4, The night comes when no man can work. Can you imagine that? Can you visualize that? The night comes when no man can work. It's it's time to go to work, you know, it's 6 a.m. or it's 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. and time to get ready and go to work. Let's go. Well, it's still dark out. 
Why? That's what we're going to find out right now. He says in verse 29, Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Unquote. It's right after that that the sign of the Son of Man is coming will appear, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. Well, I'm just going to ask you why. Why would all the peoples of the earth mourn? Because the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Every prophecy teacher who can't teach you what that means isn't worth his salt. I know that's shocking, but you, we all need to know what this means. Why would the sun be darkened? Let's turn to Isaiah 34, verse 4. Isaiah is going to tell us why the sun will be darkened. Verse 4, The heavens above will melt away and disappear like a rolled-up scroll. The stars will fall from the sky like withered leaves from a grapevine or shriveled figs from a fig tree. And when my sword has finished its work in the heavens, it will fall upon Edom. Now where's that? Saudi Arabia. The nation that I have marked for destruction. The sword of the Lord is drenched with blood, covered with fat from the goats of or from the blood of uh, lambs and goats and the fat of rams prepared for sacrifice. Yes, the Lord will offer sacrifice, a sacrifice, in the city of Basra. There's a Basra in Iraq. There's another one, I believe, in Sodom. Or, um, well, where Sodom and Gomorrah was? Well, I don't know. But in Edom, I meant to say. He will make a mighty slaughter in Edom. Even men as strong as wild oxen, the young men alongside with the veterans, the land will be soaked with blood and the soil enriched with fat. For it is the day of the Lord's revenge, the year when Edom will be paid back for all it did to Israel. And get verse 9, chapter 34 here in Isaiah. The streams of Edom will be filled with burning pitch. The ground will be covered with fire. This judgment on Edom will never end. The smoke of its burning will rise forever, and the land will lie deserted from generation to generation. No one will live there anymore. Unquote. You want to know why the... the uh, Skies turn black because of the black smoke of what's burning in Edom. Now, this word burning pitch here can be found also in chapter 14 and verse 10 of Genesis. I'll flip over there and read it to you. 
we have to add all the scriptures up to get these answers. So that's something a prophecy student or buff must learn to do. As it happened, this is chapter 14 of Genesis, verse 10. As it happened, the valley of dead, the Dead Sea was filled with tar pits. As, and as the army of the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some fell into the tar pits, while the rest escaped into the mountains, unquote. Well, what's a tar pit? If you go to Iraq and Saudi Arabia and Iran and other places in that area of the Middle East, even in Israel, you will be able to find tar pits. Some of these tar pits today are open to the air. The oil is coming up so under pressure that it is bubbling to the surface. Now, those are tar pits. You do not want to fall into one of those. You will not be coming out. So, if you set that on fire with a nuclear blast, guess what happens? The nuclear blast will create the crater, but what's below the surface of the ground is what's going to fill that crater with oil, natural gas and tar, asphalt, if you will. That stuff will burn for 150 years, and it'll just keep on burning. Now, what makes me think that's what's going to clog up the skies? Well, let me just show you. Let's turn to the other end of the Bible, Revelation chapter 9 and verse 2. Here's what it says. Well, verse 1 then the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen to the earth from the sky. And he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. Now, if you research what this means, verse 11 in uh, chapter 8 gives us a clue. And I'm going to just flip there for a second. Verse 11 says, A great star fell from the sky, burning like a torch, and it fell on one-third of the rivers and on the waters, the springs of water. The name of the star was called Wormwood. I'm sure you as a prophecy buff have heard that word. What does it mean? Well, it means bitter water, bitter wood, bitter poisonous um, you know, in in uh, Russia, the word for that, uh, the word wormwood, is Chernobyl. What do you make of that? It's radioactive poison that will kill people. One third of the water was made bitter, and many people died from drinking the bitter water. You drink um, nuclear waste water, guess what happens? You die. Now let's go back to verse 9 again. When he opened this bottomless pit, smoke poured out as though from a huge furnace, and the sunlight in the air turned dark from the smoke. There it is. There's your answer. That's what's going to make the skies turn black. In your world and mine, the whole earth will be 
blanketed with this smoke. Why? Because the world turns every 24 hours. It makes a complete revolution. And as that happens, and that smoke keeps bellowing out day after day, the skies will grow a little bit darker. It just goes up into the atmosphere, and it has no way to come down because it's measured in hundreds of degrees of temperature. It fuses to the air molecules. That's a big problem. It cannot be cleansed by rain because it becomes one and the same as air, black air. That's a scary uh, prospect for sure. But thank God we have a king who who can come and fix it all. He built the earth. He owns the place. He knows how to fix it. And he also knows how to save he is coming to save the world alive. That is my point. Thank God we have a Savior like him. The next verse is verse 3, chapter 9 of Revelation. Then locusts came out from the smoke and descended on the earth. They were given the power to sting like scorpions. Now what could that be? I'll give you my opinion on it. When these stars fall from the sky, as is recorded in chapter 24, verse 29 of Matthew 24, uh, the stars will fall from the sky. Well, those stars, you know, if you were to go out at night into a place where very few people are and there's no city lights anywhere nearby, and you watch the skies for very long, like 10 minutes, and it's a clear night, and you can see the stars, you will see some stars up there that are traveling rapidly across the sky. It looks uh, slow to us, but in reality, they're traveling at thousands of miles per hour in outer space of the Earth. What happens when the signals that are radio um, telescoped up there to them to correct their uh, trajectory, their altitude, their aptitude or attitude, uh, they need to be corrected to keep from bonking into one another. And so we have substations all around the globe that actually do course corrections on on these satellites. It's all done through retro rockets and these radio waves that they signal them with. When those uh, the atmosphere is blocked by this black smoke, they're all coming down. Some estimates say there's between 8,000 and 20,000 of these satellites or junk satellites that are still out there that still need to be maintained and taken down, but we need to be able to control them. So that's what's coming down. And when they come down, they'll melt on the way down and form these small round balls about the size of a golf ball. You don't want a piece of that molten metal to hit you. That's what I think this is about. 
So we know why the sun will be darkened. We know why the moon won't give its light. I've explained my take on the stars that fall from the sky. What about the powers of the heavens being shaken? And so that uh, the sign that the Son of Man is coming like lightning will appear in the sky. Well, it's so black out and so dark out now, it has destroyed the Earth's ability to make weather. That's what he means there, in my opinion. Now, I'm not telling you this to scare you. Like I said before, I'm telling you to prepare you. I want you prophecy buffs and students out there to realize the magnitude of what we're about to face. That's why this whole thing is unprecedented, according to the words of Jesus in Matthew 24. Study it. That and Mark 13 and the 21st chapter of Luke along with the book of Revelation and Daniel and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Joel. All of those contain words like this. Do your research. Study the word darkness in the Bible, and you'll find all of these scriptures. There are many. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thank God we have a Savior in Jesus, a King mighty, to save. He's coming back. Let's all be ready. Till next time, you can go to my website, itellwhy.com, and you can read more there. So don't be afraid. Trust in Jesus. He's our only hope.